0: Hey guys, welcome to the Touchdown Table podcast. The conference championships are officially behind us, and now we have our Super Bowl 55 matchup. It's been a crazy season, so we're going to talk about that matchup and more during this podcast.
1: Yeah, quick note before I mention some other things we're going to talk about. Brandon is not here today. He's perfectly fine. He just, it's snowing today, and you know, he didn't want to take the precautions of driving in the weather, and he's got some work to do. He did take the precautions of not driving in the weather is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what I said, but that's what I meant to say if I didn't say that. So let's um, get into some football stuff now. So we're going to talk about the championship games, as Ryan mentioned, and then Super Bowl preview. I believe Ryan and I both still don't know who we're picking in that yet. Ryan I'm I, close, but not I, yet. I still don't know. Jordan knew right after oh, the yeah. games were over. I mean, he can spoil it here if he wants to or do whatever he wants. And then we're going to talk about Rodgers and he'll go along with it. that whole debate. We really don't think it's much, but we'll get into it later. And then talk about some highlights from the season, because there's only one game left, and we'll get into some more of the Watson stuff, because I have something I want to bring up. And then if there's time, we'll get into the draft. That's literally our full schedule, so let's start from the top, and let's um, do a preview of those championship games. Let's start with the first one that we saw, the wild game, the Buccaneers and the Packers. What did you guys think? <laughs> oh, <I'm not laughs> what did that. I think? Uh, it was. I'm going to say, I'll just say it. I think it was somewhat of a sloppy game on both sides. I think the Buccaneers came out hot that first drive with them was really good that's a that was a drive that shows the flash of potential that a team really could be and probably should have been the whole season and then after that kind of got a bit more sloppy on the Buck side and even the Packers side. Uh, Aaron Rodgers played a perfectly fine game just his team and specifically his defense not playing too well so that was ultimately the thing uh, that lost him the game. Aaron Rodgers played fine. I think the Bucks defense played tremendous, and, I mean, Tom Brady, he played great. He's getting simped for right now, to be completely honest. Maybe we could talk about that in just a second here, but he had three picks in that game, uh, did enough to win the game, but uh, ultimately, Bucks won it, and that is how it is all said and done, even though I'm not happy with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we knew you you were not happy with it. Just talking to you, you know, the day of and you know after that game has transpired. But I really think the key of the game was, you know, the Tampa Bay defense, particularly their pass rush, getting pressure on Aaron Rodgers, not allowing him to do his thing where he gets out of the pocket, it's able to scan the whole field and make this crazy forty yard throw. I think the Bucks pass rush was the key to the game because I don't know how many sacks they got, but they just have so many playmakers there. I think that the the pressure. Uh, that they put on the Packers' offensive line and Aaron Rodgers, making him get rid of the ball quickly or making him have to make a decision quickly to prevent those big plays, I think that was the key for me, and I think that was the the difference maker. And that has been a difference maker for them uh, pretty much all year, and it was the first time they met.
1: Yeah, Ryan, I 100% agree with that. And so many really good quarterbacks like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers that we saw in this game, uh, it's hard to beat them because if you play man defense, then uh, they'll just pick you apart in that way. If you play zone, they'll find an area in the zone. Uh, so it's so hard to beat guys that know the game so well, these Drew Breeses, Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys who have been around for so, so long, know the game like the back of their hand. It's it's hard to, um, to kind of beat them, but the one way to always beat them is to bring pressure, and to bring pressure with four, and that's really what we saw with the Buccaneers. They are a blitzing team, and uh, their secondary was able to hold up when they did blitz, but I felt like they were getting pressure with just four guys. They were really getting fast off the line of scrimmage, specifically on the ends uh they were really doing good getting in there in the backfield fast making it tough on Aaron Rodgers and Ryan as you said I think that is the key to them losing that game because their secondary was banged up so that front kind of had to step up and they really really did yeah both safeties out for the game that's right the front 7 really had to step up and they did it in a big way and it was shocking you know to see the Packers offensive line granted they didn't have David Bakhtiari ever since week 16 I believe was his last game that mm-hmm. he played uh, um, due to un- uh, unfortunate circumstances uh, with the ACL tear. But that was a loss that was notable on that one. Rodgers was pressured a lot more than he had been the entire season. It was a luxury that he had. A reason, or, or at least partially reason, why he's probably going to win the MVP was because there was not many pressures on him this year, and that helps him out. Uh, but that was not the case in this game. It was weird to see. And... Rogers still played well, considering the circumstances he was given. the offense at times was slow, but then they would turn it on really quickly. And in the end, it just wasn't enough. I mean, they were kind of eight yards short and then went for that uh, field goal, which I'm sure we're going to be getting into at some point. But I want to start with just talking about the end of the half because that was that was crazy. That's a potential like 14 point swing, I think maybe. Because the, the Packers can go down and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Murphy Bunting that had the, the P.I. that wasn't called. And then got the pick. Right, yeah. So the, either that or a hold. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking about. holding, yeah. And got that pick off after that because he was holding him, really. Or had a pass interference. Yeah. Then they ended up going for it on fourth down. Got it. And Kevin King just, I don't I, I don't know just what he was doing. He just whiffed in the coverage. I mean, yeah. You, if you if they have eight it was eight seconds left or something like that around there. A half. yeah around there they were going for it on fourth down. You will give them you know 10- 15 yards. you just can't give up the touchdown and I don't know where the safety help was either. maybe they should have put more deep safeties. I'd, I'd have to look back at the play but I think there was only one I could be mistaken though. and so it's just not a smart play. You can't let him get burn you like that. you have to stay behind him especially on a play like that with only eight seconds left because, of course, you don't want to give up the field goal, but smart football says you can't give up a touchdown like that. You have to stay behind him, not stay in front of him. I really don't know what Kevin King was doing on that play, and multiple times throughout the game you can make that argument. He's kind of getting ripped right now, and I do somewhat feel bad for him, but he had a tough game, and that was a big part of how they lost that game. So Yeah,
0: and I, I mean, I think the thing with that play that we're talking about at the end of the half, uh, everyone was just kind of expecting, you know, the – the Buccaneers to just maybe try and you know get a few yards, get out of bounds real quick because I don't think they had any timeouts at the time, or right? Or they, no, they had by yeah, they outs. didn't, and so I think that was you know why people thought okay, you know just a little five yard out route make it you know a little bit more of a manageable field goal attempt. Like I I did not see that coming, but granted you still have to have your defense ready for anything, and you know like scotty miller give him credit ran a nice route beat the coverage although the coverage wasn't great to begin with and you know it's not only like on the scoreboard how it changed the game it's like momentum wise how it changed the game you know 14 to 10 one score game versus 21 to 10 going into the locker room that is a big difference on the scoreboard but also just like in the kind of morale the vibe in the locker room and then early in the second half you know the, the fumble that cashed in for a touchdown then it's 28 10 and then, you know, they just weren't ever quite able to claw their way back for them. The Packers, that is, weren't ever quite able to claw their way completely back. They got close. And I just think they dug themselves into too deep of a hole in the first half.
1: They didn't. It's funny that you were mentioning, you know, the, you were breaking down the play. And that's basically what Bruce Arians said. He was on the Rich Eisen show, I think, today or Tuesday as we were making this. And he was talking to Rich, you know, breaking down what their thought process was on the play. And They said, you know what, the defense probably thinks we're just going to run a five-yard out route. So let, you know, let's just take advantage of it and see if we can hit something here. And it worked. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, all, that's due to Byron Ruffich and Bruce Arians being aggressive. You know, Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit. No exception with that play. But it's also due to stupidity on Mike Patton's part. Because, sure, if they get five yards, they're on the stretch of field goal range with about three seconds left. You can give them five yards, and if they go towards the middle, the half's going to run out. I mean, I... I I think you gotta have people playing back on them, give them a couple yards. You know, they're really even if they get five, they're gonna be on the fringe of field goal range. It just didn't make much sense to me. Packers fans have not been happy with Patton for the past couple of years, and this might be the the last chance for him. And you know, a mistake that they're not gonna be to get back, and ultimately a mistake that cost them the game. Yeah, in a defense, you could see in that type of a situation is maybe you put two corners five, ten yards off off uh, the line of scrimmage. Oh, crap. Sorry, we're watching a hockey game and the opposing team just scored. Uh, but you put two corners 5-10 yards off the line of scrimmage uh, towards the sideline to prevent against a 5- or 10-yard sideline route so you can try to tackle them and bounce. Then you drop the rest of the secondary people more deep just to stop anything deep. And if they go over the middle, then they're just going to run out of time since they have no timeouts. That's really the smartest defense to run. And like I said, I would need to go back and look at the play. But... I think it was just a pretty typical defense in a very not-typical uh, game scenario, so I do feel like there, there should have been a better call. Now, of course, as Ryan said as well, uh, the execution needed to be a lot better, because I don't think Pettin's call was, Kevin, you just stand there, let him run past you. I don't think that's what he told him, uh, but or a little bit of miscommunication on both sides, or some uh, t- weird decisions on both sides, I should say, and... Ultimately, I think that play was the game. When it all comes down to it, you can go to the 4th and 8 and stuff like that, but ultimately I do feel like that changed the whole game. It really did. Um, you know, you mentioned that 4th and 8 play. Let's let's just go to it now. So the Packers, you know, fight back in the second half and they're down by 8 at with 4th and 8 um, and they need to get the touchdown on the two-point conversion to tie it. Matt LaFleur decides to take the field goal and hope for the best later on, and it doesn't uh work out but first off before we get into that i did think of this brandon if you're listening back to this podcast uh we never even mentioned this to you about the packers um if you didn't know that was brandon's favorite team so we feel for you man and um sorry another nfc championship loss and yeah that's all i had to say about that so let's go back to that fourth and eight what do you guys think well
0: just not not the right decision you know and i said this a lot in our in our video breaking this down but uh I'm just going to repeat that and then add some stuff on because really like it's a one score game and and I know you're thinking you got the three timeouts and the two minute warning, but right there, you control your own destiny. You have a chance. You have Aaron Rodgers. you had a great offense and a great season there. That's the reason why you're there. You have a chance to go punch it in. Cause if you are that good, if you're in the NFC championship, you should be able to do that. You should have that confidence in your team. You have Aaron Rodgers and Oh, by the way, you're playing Tom Brady in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. Like, It just doesn't add up. I kind of get it from a strategic point, but at the end of the day, the way the game was, the way the situation was, the way both of those teams had been playing all year, I think while you control your own destiny, go punch it in And even worst case scenario. If they went for it and didn't get it, they still would, you know, have the opportunity to use those timeouts in the two minute order to get the ball back again. Yes, still needing a touchdown in the two, but the point still stands because when you don't go for it there, you immediately you surrender control of your own destiny you put your destiny in the hands of Tom Brady in the hands of the referees so well oh, and your defense and your defense too which you know they had their issues in this game especially in the beginning although they did pick it up at the end i think that when you have That type of talent on offense with Aaron Rodgers, you got to go for it. You can't, you know, put, you can't just, you know, like put your hands up and say, oh, oh, we'll see what happens. You know, maybe we'll get the ball back. And even if you get the ball back, are you able to get in that good field position to march all the way down the field again, presumably with no timeouts? We don't know. We'll never know. It's just not a smart decision. And if I have Aaron Rodgers on my team and I have eight yards to go in the NFC Championship to potentially tie the game, uh, I'd take that opportunity.
1: Yeah, and when it happened, I was like, okay, I understand this decision. Uh, but now that I, after the game, I've had time to absorb it a bit. I do uh, think with most people that it was just the wrong decision. And you could talk about how Tom Brady's on the other side. He's been to the playoffs so much and he's been in the league for so long and it's been the player that he has been. But with me, that's not even the problem. It's the, the fact that their defense was not playing very well that game. I think that if they were playing like they had the past few games where they were really stepping up and the secondary was doing a lot better, you didn't see much of any Kevin King memes or anything, and Jair Alexander, or excuse me, Jair Alexander was doing some good stuff. Um, you know, if their defense was playing at that level in that game, then maybe I'd trust that decision that they made a bit more, but their defense was not playing very well. And I just don't understand uh, why you'd want to to go and put your defense on the field when they were playing the way that they did, when your offense has been playing the way that they have been all season. Uh, now, also with Tom Brady, you can make the argument that uh, he was not playing very good down the stretch. He threw, I think, three picks in the second half, and or maybe it wasn't all in the second half, but three picks in the game for sure. And um, even on that, on that drive where they ended up being able to end the game on, that, on the holding call, uh, that throw looked like it was going to be still too far ahead of Tyler Johnson. From Tom Brady so it oh, did yeah, seem it like was. he was yeah. he, he was still gonna make a bad throw because he wasn't playing good in the second half in my opinion or at least that good in the second half so if that's how they made the decision I mean kind of but you never bet against Tom Brady in a situation like that and unless your defense is playing lockdown like I feel like they were the past few games uh and like how I play when we play football outside <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just because of all those reasons, and I think specifically the defensive reason, uh, I just don't think it is the smartest call in that situation. No, I'm not calling for anyone's heads or anything at this point, but I'm uh, just saying it is a decision that uh, definitely could have switched the game, and it ultimately uh, lost in the game. It's easy to sit here now and say that's a terrible decision because it didn't work. But if it does work, you know, that's the best decision ever, you know. What a, what a gutsy call by Matt Lafleur, and he trusts his defense, and it works out. But that's not the case, and we sit here and we say, you know, that was the worst call ever, and you know. But, but even if it did work, trust your defense in that game. I think not. That's just yeah. my opinion. But. I don't know. I mean, I agree with you guys. I think they should have gone for it. But I was iffy in the moment when they kicked the field goal. I I think I literally went out loud, like yeah. okay, I I get it, but. You have Aaron like, Rodgers. That's the just, thing. Yeah, no, I just and you're right there. Yeah, that like, wouldn't be, what I be I would fair. Do, they had so. a lot of they had a few throws into into the end zone and they all failed. So maybe their confidence at that point was a bit down because mm-hmm. they just didn't feel like they could find a play that would for sure work. But I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, any play could work. So. Well, then who says you
0: find it the next drive? Then like what? Like you know? Like and then the well, end, just that next in that drive, specific like, yeah.
1: spot. Like or, I mean, even though they're the best red zone team, they definitely should have a play that gets them eight yards and score yeah. a touchdown. It definitely should be a thing that they're able to do. But they failed in the first three plays of doing it. So, I don't know. Maybe that confidence in the, in the play calling was was an issue. I don't know. We weren't there. Anyways, It's as Tyler said, we could sit here and talk about it all day. The decision was made. The Packers are not in. It's the Bucks. Let's move on to the next game. Well, before we do move oh, yeah. on to the next game, I think, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to the Super Bowl. But it's worth mentioning, this is Brady's 10th Super Bowl. That's insane. That's insane. And this is something that I've been talking about, I don't know if I I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, talking about this GOAT talk, and I've said it's between Rodgers and Brady to me, and I was thinking back on it, and I'm kind of adopting this idea from Chris Sims, because he said it as well. I do think that Tom Brady is the GOAT, because of the legacy and the Super Bowls that he's gotten to, and leading his teams, and he just is... His team always seems to find a way to win, even when he's not playing his best. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a Tom Brady effect, you know? Yeah. That makes him to the greatest of all time to me, but I don't know if he's the most talented player I've ever seen throughout his entire career, just because, you know, the run kind of stuff isn't there, and, and he's so good, incredibly good, and he has been throughout his entire career, but I don't I don't think I can sit here and say he's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen This play, uh, play this yeah. game. If it makes sense, I think he's the best because of the effect that he's had on his teams, and the legacy that he's had, but yeah. I, I does that make sense to you guys? I, I get what you're sense. saying. I mean, it makes but, perfect yeah. sense to me because greatness in any sport is winning, right? Winning games, winning yes, championships. Exactly. That's the greatness that every team at the beginning of the season they're trying to reach that point, and that's every game that's what they're playing for. And so Tom Brady, he's achieved that greatness, greatest player of all time, the goat. Uh, greatest of all time, I should say. Uh, that's what GOAT stands for. It's not, not the not Gapote. Gapotes, yes, um, although I might. Wait, uh, what's it called? Um, when you trademark, might trademark uh, Gapote. Uh, at I don't some think point. that's a good idea. No. Yeah, do but that. that that argument definitely does make sense because there have been times like right now where I feel Brady is still struggling in his career. Of course, he's forty three, so I wouldn't expect him to be in his prime at forty three, but. I do feel like talent wise, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you can make the argument that he has had a more complete, talented career uh, than Tom Brady, but it's I think it's still close in that regard too. So
0: yeah, I mean, I I really don't know. I mean, like Tom Brady's been you know playing the NFL since before I was born, so it's kind of hard to say. But I just think. We have to look at is, you know, longevity, too. Like, Brady has also played, you know, what, five years longer than Rodgers? Four, maybe? Yeah. And he's also there for...
1: I would assume Rodgers will go at least three more Well, years. yeah, no, I'm
0: not saying that. It's just, like, when you say, yeah, you know, like, talent-wise, I think yeah. you also have to compare, like, you know, right now, Brady's 43 and Rodgers is, what, 37, yeah, It's tough to sit
1: here right now yeah. when they're both still playing. and. Yeah, like, let's just play, wait till they're when all they're done. Five, when they're five years out, I think that's when we can have... A, Really informed discussion about who's the best player. And who knows, maybe Patrick Mahomes will be part of that conversation yeah. at that point. Going Wouldn't for his second surprised. Super Bowl, which um, I guess we can get into right now. Because, I mean, this will be a shorter talking point here than mm-hmm. the last game, uh, as it has been on talk shows all this week. But it was still a fun game to watch between the Chiefs and the Bills. Ultimately, the Bills just did not have enough to overcome that tough task of beating the Kansas City Chiefs. They got all the way to the AFC Championship. you got to give them props. But they ran into a buzzsaw on that Kansas City team. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City played lights out in that game. If Kansas City didn't lose that game earlier in the season to the Raiders, I think they're looking at, at a perfect season right now. Uh, and I know you could say they lost that week 17 game too, but I feel like if they were undefeated at th- that point, they might have kept some players in to try to win that game. Just to say that they went had a 16-0 season or were going for the perfect season, that's how what I might, might do if I was coaching mm-hmm. in that scenario. Uh I, I do think that they are, are would be worthy to be one of those undefeated uh teams and one of those teams that like like the seventy two Dolphins, is that what it is? Nineteen seventy two Miami Dolphins. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh that won undefeated. So they are just really playing fantastic right now on both sides of the football and on special teams. I know Harrison Booker has missed his fair share of extra points, but he's good at the long stuff and then uh, with the offense, they're they're playing fantastic. As we know, Mahomes uh, came in with the c- concussion. He was perfectly fine. Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, I mean they're being the players that we all know them to be. I personally like to make the argument that Travis Kelsey could win Offensive Player of the Year just because what he's done at the tight end position is is nothing we, short we, of we, legendary. We don't judge. Let's, we'll get into it. It's been great for a legendary. tight end, but we don't judge the offensive player of the yeah. year by the position they play. Yeah. I feel like that could be a factor though. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just saying that. But anyways, um and then to the defense as well. Their defense I think is underrated because that offense is so darn good, but they have really play- been playing uh some phenomenal football down a stretch and this it's going to be a tough task for the Buccaneers to beat them next week. Hold on. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, our team just scored. <laughs> They were on a breakaway, so I had to stop talking for a second. It was good. Uh, But anyways, I feel like it's a virtually impossible task to beat these Chiefs right now if they're playing like they have been recently. You have to play a perfect game against them, and even that is probably not going to be enough. When they are playing their best, they are borderline unbeatable. That's how good they have been, really, these past two years. But we've seen games this year and not so much in the playoffs. But where they're not at their best, and they're not even close. They almost lost to the Falcons, should have been brought to overtime, mm-hmm. almost lost to the Chargers early on in the season. So this team has flaws, which is why you know I'm kind of iffy on who I want to pick because if they have a, a flawed game like they have, I think the Bucks take it. I still have no clue who I'm picking yet, at all. Um, we'll talk about that game in just a bit. But um, well, I, I'm sorry to butt in, but... I had something to say about the flawed stuff. If if you were saying that earlier in the season, I see why, but through these two playoff games and what they kind of did towards the end of the season, I know that Falcons game was one of those flawed games you're talking about where it was much closer than maybe it should have been. But just the way the last two times we saw them on the field, it was a spectacular sight to see. I know the Browns game was kind of close. Uh, It was... So I'm just, I keep getting distracted because I'm watching this oh my goodness whoa oh. Oh, what the oh how did that not go in? Okay. <laughs> Sorry about yeah. that they get our they get our reactions too yeah. for a hockey game and the football It's part. already tough for me to talk in general yeah. uh, it, it, let alone when I'm trying to do two things at one on once when I'm trying to to watch a, a hockey game and, and talk but uh, honestly I don't remember what I was talking about the chiefs are really good and uh, oh yeah I, I remember. Uh, So the last two times we've seen them on the field, it has been fantastic. And I don't think they're showing any signs of stopping. Maybe you might think, oh, but the bye week could do something to change that momentum. Well, they had two weeks of bye, basically, most of the the starters, uh, because they made 17 and had their bye week for getting the number one seed. And they came out and played phenomenal against the Browns. So I just don't see a way right now that unless the Chiefs beat themselves, they're not going to lose this game. If the Buccaneers end up winning the Super Bowl... At the end of the day, it's gonna be because the Chiefs beat themselves, not because the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs. In my opinion, unless unless the, the Buccaneers defense really steps up, then then it would be because of the Bucks.
0: Well, well, apparently, according to you, because you, you say that you know, like you know, you're not a big Buccaneers guy, you know. You said that like you know uh, the, the the Saints beat themselves and the Packers beat themselves. So how how does that really you know? correlate to being a possible Super Bowl like what would the Chiefs beating themselves look like to you because you said that the Packers beat themselves the Saints beat themselves like you haven't really been keen on giving <laughs> the Bucs The, the Bucs
1: just haven't won a game the other teams are just Yeah well yeah Jordan's not a Jordan. Bucs guy and he hasn't been all regular season. Yeah well I'll, I'll go into that because I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, with the Saints if you're watching that game you saw they beat up themselves I think that's hard to deny. Drew Brees did not play his best game. It was not the way you want to see him go out. Heck, we talked about it here on this podcast with those interceptions that he had. He virtually gave the ball to the Buccaneers, and of course they did what they had to at the end of the game. But every time they scored, every time they scored a touchdown, I should say, it was off of a turnover from either a bad play from Drew Brees or a ball that maybe Jared Cook probably should have held on to on a fumbled play. Uh, so... That is how the Saints beat themselves in that game. And the Packers' defense kind of beat themselves, uh, and specifically it was more of, of Kevin King. And just like I talked about, that last play, a stupid mistake by the defense, that's how a team beats themselves. And then with, with the, the Chiefs, the way they beat themselves, is kind of just like making some some bad mistakes at some point. And, of course, they can they can step up like we saw with Michael Hardman. That's one of the mistakes you might think that they make. Mm-hmm. Um, like Because he had, if you weren't watching the game, Mikko Hardman, who was the punt returner, he had a muff um, punt, and then the Bills ended up scoring a touchdown off of it. Uh, and then they were still able to rally back into the game. But I just feel like the past two playoff games, the The Bucks, of course, they played great. They played well enough to win. But I do feel like the two teams they played kind of uh, beat themselves up in a bit. I don't think the Chiefs are going to do what those two teams did. Even though I think it was a bit better with the Packers than with the Saints. So yeah, uh, if you have more questions, I'd be happy to clarify because it is a strong point that I have.
0: Well, I'll just say this. I think that you know, yes, you know, the Saints and the Packers made some mistakes, but I think the key was. The Bucs took advantage of those mistakes. They cashed in on the turnovers. They, you know, they forced the fumbles. They just, you know, took advantage of the mistakes. And that's what you got to do in the playoff when you're playing good teams. The Bucs did that. I think that's why they won. So, I mean, I guess I kind of agree with you a little bit. Maybe not to the extent, because I do think the Bucs deserve a lot of credit. Being a wild card team, winning three road games. I don't care if it's limited capacity. I don't care if it's, you know, maybe not the best team in the first round. That That's still that's not something that's happened yeah, at least in our time of watching football, a wild card making it to the Super Bowl. I mean, I know the Giants did it that one time, but yeah. I, I don't they think were, it...
1: they were. They are really no wild card team. Exactly, I mean, they were in a good division. You yeah. know,
0: they're they're one game back of the Saints, and the Saints are the two yeah. seeds. Technically,
1: so... they're slotted in. It, yeah, but but they were. They were division winning yeah. S year. Clearly, clearly, well, yeah. a conference winning team caliber wise. Yes. Um, so as we mentioned, this is going to be a good game. It's Brady. And Mahomes, it seems like the NFL's perfect matchup. You know what they would want. A lot of people predicted this one to happen. It's yeah. kind of a generic Super Bowl prediction. Ryan, what, what is this prediction? What is this Super Bowl prediction? What do you call it? Oh, I, I called it the bandwagon. Bowl. Yep. I mean, that it's truly what it is because everyone with Brady going to the Bucks, yeah. you know, hops on that bandwagon. And with the Chiefs going to their second Super Bowl in a row, hopping on that bandwagon. So yeah. it does make sense to say that. Uh, ultimately, it's going to be a good game. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um. Later on, as the game gets closer, so we won't hit it on too much now. We still haven't made any predictions for that yet. Let's go back to Rogers again because we made a video on this, so we'll we can really cover that. We can briefly like touch it. it, but we didn't oh, talk okay. about like the after the game stuff and all of that whole debacle that went on. So Rogers after the game said he was uncertain of his future. I'm not exactly quoting that, but it's something like that. And to us, it's a lot of guys' futures are uncertain. Yeah. myself included. Yeah. And he was right, and he clarified this later on. We'll get into it in a second. But he was right about that because he didn't know. They drafted Jordan Love, so he didn't know their intentions were to keep him. And now that's been clarified that I think their owner or their GM said, like, we're not stupid. We're not getting rid of Aaron Rodgers after Mm -hmm. his MVP season. Rodgers said that he just wasn't really sure. He didn't mean that as, like, he's going to want out of Green Bay or anything. But – I mean, then then he begged that question really, which is what we should talk about here, because we know Rogers most likely isn't leaving. It's not much of a conversation at this point, but I mean, should he want to leave, even though they got into two NFC championships in a row, they haven't built around him like other teams have, like the Buccaneers have, building around Brady and getting to the Super Bowl and overcoming that hump of the NFC Championship. I don't think it was building around Brady. I think it was just getting
0: all a lot the of the top guys
1: there. there. Well, a lot of the top, a lot of guys were there already. But yeah, anytime a, a big free agent was out there. They basically signed them. So it wasn't necessarily around Brady and his skill sets. The Buccaneers did it in somewhat of a different way, just getting all the best available players to go there. Um, I feel like it's a bit different than what you're saying that they should do with Rodgers. Now, they did that with Rodgers. If Rodgers had all these weapons, if he got Antonio Brown during the season, or Leonard Fournette went there, what other guys missing, Uh, Gronk was supposed to go there at the beginning of the season. And by the way, he's played better than I thought he would, so... Um, shout out to him if Rogers had all those weapons uh, I mean I think he'd look even better than he already is right now so anyways just had to say that
0: mm-hmm. yeah I-, I think that you know Aaron Rodgers, he has a right to be frustrated, but I don't really think this is really going to transpire into anything too big. Obviously, you know, we'll monitor the situation, and if something else comes up, that could change. But I think right now it's probably just some frustration from another disappointing playoff loss, a, a really good regular season that didn't translate fully into a Super Bowl run. I think that's what he's upset about, and, you know, that that's rightfully so. You know, it's okay to, you know, be upset and be disappointed with, you know, the outcome of the season. So I think that's what he's saying. I do expect him, and we all expect him, I think, to be back in a Packers uniform next year. And I don't think he's upset about the fact that they drafted a backup quarterback. I think he's upset about the fact that they had a 13-3 and team last year coming off an NFC Championship loss to the 49ers. So they're that close to getting to the Super Bowl, and their first-round pick did nothing to make them better right now. Maybe makes them better five years ago. But if you're a team like the Packers, or five years from now, excuse me, if you're a team like, <laughs> if you're a team like the Packers where you're right there odds are your first round pick should be something that's that's going to help you right now. If you're a team that maybe still has, you know, like a solid starting quarterback, but, you know, isn't really looking at like a Super Bowl contending season, almost kind of like, say, the Falcons this year, then I get, you know, drafting a quarterback in the first round. But if you're the Packers last year, coming off of an NFC Championship appearance, you're so close and your first round pick isn't even going to do anything for years. Just, I think that's what he should be frustrated about.
1: And it's fitting to think, you know, it's almost in the, a carbon copy of last year, 13-3 and three and a loss in the NFC Championship game. They didn't change anything. They didn't do anything to make them get over that hump of the NFC Championship. And they ended out in the exact same spot, two almost identical seasons. Even though Rodgers played better this year, it still wasn't enough to get them past that obstacle just mm-hmm. because they didn't make the changes. Yeah, and I don't I don't think Rodgers is going anywhere. But one thing just to mention, actually my, my dad was the one who brought this up to me is that i think it was bart Starr was there for 16 years uh and then far stepped in he played there for 16 years and this was rogers 16th season so if you want to go with the trend then technically rogers will be gone now i don't think that's how it's going to Statistics work but right there. yeah it's just an interesting bring to or it's an interesting thing to bring up uh although i don't feel like that's going to happen but you know what sometimes there are weird things that happen like that in sports and that's the, the beauty of it sometimes so all right uh we had a beautiful season we got one more game left so we just kind of want to talk about some season highlights if it's a personal highlight for you or just one really good play or game that you remember and just to bring it back up and we can have a moment of reminiscing right now um I mean one to me I think the best game this year was that Browns Ravens game where uh Lamar Jackson came off the uh, came out of the locker room or the bathroom, you could say. Yeah. Off the toilet. Yeah, off the toilet to come back into the game, and then the high-scoring game, and get them back into the game. That was uh, a moment to me that I remember just off the top of my head as being one of the the better moments of this NFL season. And yeah. you guys got anything else just to throw out? That, throw out anything.
0: I mean, I don't know what the best game was. It could be that, but also that you know that first Cardinals Seahawks game was pretty yeah, good. That was you good. know. Uh, that was a Sunday-nighter, you know, and at the time the Seahawks were, I think, 5-0, and so that was their first loss. Uh, that was another good one, back and forth, the Cardinals coming yeah, back at the vote. end. I, I don't know, I might have to watch the highlights again, but those two games really were, you know, highlights of the year for sure.
1: Yeah, and something that sticks out to me, and I don't know exactly why it sticks out to me, but sticking with Sunday night football and sticking with the Seahawks on Sunday night football, they had quite a few games on Sunday night in primetime this year, uh, but that Seahawks-Vikings game in the rain, Uh, I don't know why it kind of sticks out to me as much, I guess, because I had Russell Wilson and Ty Lockett on my fantasy team, and that was at the point of the season where they were actually putting up numbers for me, uh, and then it came towards the end where Russell Wilson was doing virtually nothing. Anyways, and also they were playing the Vikings, who I tend not to like because I'm a Bears fan and not a huge Kirk Cousins fan, so I just kind of felt like I was rooting for my own team, and plus uh, that drive at the end of the game from Russell Wilson in the rain to... Uh, finish off the game I think it was a fourth and goal play to DK Metcalf right where they scored that touchdown yes yeah, so I think that's more of an underrated game as well just because of what they did in the rain to go all the way down the field and uh, the drama of it all that's just one that sticks out to me as well yeah and personally for me the Bears Bucks game on that Thursday night was one that I'm gonna remember mainly because now the Bucks are in the Super Bowl so we could say as Bears fans our team beat the NFC champions I mean 1 and 0 what against them tell you this the Bucks. Year. <laughs> so, <laughs> well,
0: they, they, that was early. In they the year. were early on in the year, yeah. so they were still getting their still stuff Still getting together. the chemistry going. And yeah, I, I think the Bucks have evolved a lot as a team yeah. since then, but still, you know, you
1: beat the, <laughs> the NFC champs. But that was a nice moment for uh, myself and my family because we were going into a long weekend, I believe, and none of us expected the Bears to win against that good Bucks team. And they got it done, and then it was just a long weekend. It was a nice way to go into it. So, probably my favorite Bears game of the year. And that first one against the Lions was crazy as well. Uh, yeah. Something I don't remember is that six game losing streak as yeah. Bears. Well,
0: you guys had a lot of you know crazy games yeah. in the beginning of the year. I mean, really the the first three, honestly. Yeah, the I Falcons game,
1: what could be thrown in there too with the the switch to Nick Foles in the second yeah. half and that big comeback. We've had quite a few interesting games as Bears fans, uh, but let's just go off of games for a second. Are there any specific plays that stood out to you this year? Ooh, I gotta think about this. One. Yeah, that's a tough one. There's players that stand mm-hmm. out to me. Um, well, I'll I'll just say say a biased player that sticks out to me. Week one, Thursday night, uh, Chiefs and Texans. Clyde Edwards-Allaire had oh, a big yes. run. Uh, if you don't know, uh, for uh, you probably haven't been watching our channel. But I'm a huge Clyde Edwards-Allaire guy. I loved him coming out of the draft, and I think that he's done some good things with the Chiefs. He had a good run in that game, so that was just an exciting moment. I was at my uncle's house in Wisconsin watching that game. Uh, so that's just one play that, for some reason, well, not for some reason, for obvious reasons, sticks out to me. Probably not to anyone else, but uh, it's just something that that I remember. Yeah, Yeah, not not Ryan. Well, yeah, I I I mean, Chiefs had had so many other good plays, though. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's like routine to them. But I (laughs) honestly just want to bring it back to that game. You know, just how good it felt, and it's not. It doesn't even have to do much with the fact that it was my team, the Texans, playing, and it's just the fact, you know be, you know, in school that day, just wake up that morning, just know we got a football game today. It was such a refreshing feeling.
1: We're only gonna do that one more time this year. Yeah,
0: and and that's sad too, but just to have that feeling on that September day and just to, you know, get home from school, I remember the day vividly, you know, throw my jersey on, you know, turn on the TV, watch the pregame, see some fans in the stands. (laughs) It really was just a refreshing feeling and even though my team lost, it was honestly just so good to have football back in the moment and just seeing, you know, our our favorite players and Watson and Mahomes and just, you know, here and, you know, Alan Chris again, it was just so refreshing. And it was uh something that we've been, you know, lucky enough to, you know, have back in our lives over the uh, past uh, several months.
1: And you know what else we got back after that game? We got some quality memes with the, the, the face mask from Andy Reed. Oh yes. Uh, that, yes. that was gotta a, love NFL a pretty memes. funny, a pretty funny thing that I feel like has somewhat been forgotten. Now Andy Reed's got a beak as a mask. Yeah. Mask, so that one deserves a to be memes. So yeah. It does true. deserve to be a Every true. time they go to, Turn the camera. on. I can't think. I can't, can't. I don't know how his players like look at him seriously. His players and staff. I mean, he yeah. he looks like a bird, and then and then the, his mouthpiece or whatever where he talks to is tucked into it weirdly. <laughs> so there's like a weird indent on it too. It's just it's a weird looking mask. But you gotta love Andy Reid and his team has been doing some good stuff. We already talked about them, but. Uh, just love to bring back the memes as well. Any other good memes while we're on it? Uh, of course, there were all one. those DK memes. But, I got one.
0: Yeah. yeah, the DK memes. So and it actually is kind of you know back to the previous question of you know a play that we remember yeah. very well. And you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about as soon as I start. So it was uh Cowboys Rams Week One Sunday Night Football. I'm going against Jordan in fantasy football, <laughs> and this was one of the craziest, if not the craziest, fantasy game I'd ever been a part of. So I'm up by fractions of a point going down the stretch, and the Cowboys are trying to drive down the field and tie the game. And uh, Jordan has Michael Gallup, and I'm up by, again, fractions of a point. And they throw that big pass downfield, probably 50 yards to Gallup. I would have put him over 100 yards and very well could have won Jordan the game, and it was called back due to a bad pass interference call, and that you know template of that call became a meme, and that was just a shocking moment. And it was I, more
1: for just us, too. It wasn't like a whole like Instagram. Or yeah, like I TV guess not. But, yeah, we had some, we we, we had some fun with that yeah. one. I
0: think I still have some saved. We could look at those later. But, yeah, that was just a crazy fantasy moment. And, uh, you know, although I do say, you know, even if, you know, uh, Gallup caught that pass there. I also had Greg Zerline, So, maybe he kicks the field goal, goes into overtime, then who knows what happens. But that was just a crazy moment thinking I lost and seeing the flag and then remembering pass interference was no longer reviewable. It was a, a special moment. And, uh very intense way to start my fantasy season. Yeah, you're
1: right, Ryan. It was a crazy moment, and yeah. uh, it was it was not a highlight moment for me. Yeah. Um, it was it was a tough moment in my fantasy football season. By the way, shout out to Tyler who won our fantasy football yes. league this year. So second time got to give three him years. credit where credit is due. Didn't even, have to mention. even though technically, I mean we have time in this podcast. Let's go into it. So Tyler, in the semifinal game, uh, you were playing against James Conner. Uh, running back for the Steelers. You, if you're listening to this, you know who he is. And he missed that game, and so uh the person he was playing against picked up Benny Snell, the backup running back for the Steelers. He picked him up a few hours before the game because he knew that uh, Connor might not play, so he just he just put him in the game, right? And so uh Tyler had Roethlisberger. And did you play Claypool that game? No, I didn't, play, didn't play Claypool. Or. So I can I'll yeah, take over from where it is because it's really my story. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But um. This was the game where the Steelers were playing the Bengals, and if you recall, that was a terrible game for the Steelers that they lost that game. Um, but he had Benny Snell on his bench, and he forgot to put him in for whatever reason, and I kept checking. Well, he, he told us this story after yeah. when we had our fantasy football party. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he was running to his phone to try to to try to get Benny Snell in his lineup, but at that point it was too late to to put him in since the game had already started. So uh, he, he figured it out. It just wasn't on top of it, and that's the... Interesting thing about fantasy football is you got to be on top of it. you always got to be watching. That's why I love fantasy football, because it gets me more involved in the game. Uh, so anyways, Tyler, back to your story. Yeah, so he forgets to put him in, and the first half goes on. And Ben Roethlisberger is god-awful, and I mean terrible. Negative oh, three gosh. points. It was really bad. One of his worst halves of his entire career. It was ugly. And... You know, that's the point I'm losing even though he forgot to put him in. I'm only up by like 1. It was point a more. fumble and what, it, it I think he two had picks? a fumble and two interceptions at this point and they were bad interceptions also. So, I'm losing and I'm sitting at halftime and not feeling good at all. And even though he doesn't have it, and luckily, you know, Ben picked up his game and because he was, was losing at this point, right? You were you were losing. I was winning at first, but then at the end of the the first half, I was losing that game. And then Ben got me back into it. And luckily, I still won despite the circumstances. And then went on and had Kamara, in the the Super Bowl. What was the button? You, you didn't say the butt. You didn't you didn't tell him the fact that if he had played Benny oh, Snell. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, because Benny Snell scored a touchdown in that game. So yeah. if he had put in Benny Snell, I would have lost and never made it to the championship game. Yeah, but if the if person he, if he, he played against would have yeah. won.
0: If so. you don't set your lineup and you don't start the players that you need to start and you start players who are out, you don't deserve to win. Playing yeah. a so I don't think there's any. I, the well, he that He
1: wouldn't have won it at, at the end of the day. Uh, but he was on top there's of There's no aspect on the trophies. Like, so. there, yeah, no, there's, there's some people on fantasy football. should not be. There's some people in fantasy football who are not on top of the roster. Uh, he had been on top of the roster all season pretty much, so uh, obviously you got to be more on top of it in that situation. And you could obviously say about Tyler that, that he uh, maybe should not have been where he was, but he took advantage of the situation that he was in. You're just and jealous. He, and he, I'm, I just say, I, I'm saying exactly what I hope you would say. You took advantage of the situation you were in. You won the game. You get what you could take, and you won the league at the end of the day. And I'm the one who brought it up to congratulate you, so don't come yawn at me, okay? We don't need to make this into an argument here. This is a celebration. It's fantasy football. It's supposed to be an argument. (laughs) (laughs) I guess with you, that is the case, yes. But a couple players that stand out to me. I can't really think of plays off the top of my head. Um, But I would say just some rookies that are out there. I like seeing the rookies perform well this year Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, Chase Young. Obviously, my guy, Antoine Winterfield, Jeremy Chin, some of the top guys out yeah, there. Well. Uh, we Claypool as well, a yeah, guy that I really like going into the season. I drafted him, my fantasy draft, and it worked out heavily for me. I just like the rookies just because I watched them so much in college and scouted them, and they, they played well for the most part, the ones that I expected to. Um, so it was cool to watch that. And then, obviously, Rodgers probably going to win the MVP. Derrick yeah. Henry got 2,000 yards this year. That's incredible. A couple other guys, Travis Kelsey, Jordan talked about for the tight end position, one of the best years we've seen in a long time. There's just so many good players and standout years uh, in the NFL this year. In a year of uncertainty, it was just so nice to be able to play the full season of NFL and we got one more game left. And it's going to be sad. When well, we watched that Super Bowl and we are watching that It's always so bittersweet. Yeah. yeah. It it's such a weird feeling. It because is. Because you're, you're happy, you know, oh, yeah, this team just won the Super Bowl. What a great year. And then you're like, oh, we don't count football for the next, what, fifth, no, 20 Sundays at least? I don't so, know. I don't know. I can't Some, I don't know days. what it is. but. You mean you said days. I said Sundays. Oh, I thought you said days. I was yeah. like, yeah, I wish it was 20 days. No, it's not. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Well, we got to think of a play. Um, the IUK play where you had that hurdle, that was a good play. I think that one. was on yeah. Sunday Night Football as well. well was that was against a, the, the Browns Eagles. play with, yes. um, Peoples-Jones, I think, had a good touchdown. Oh, at the end of the Bengals game are you talking about? Yeah, that was a good game. The I second think, Bengals right? game. Yeah. yeah, the second Bengals game. Let's see. Um, there was... I'm, I'm just... There wasn't, like, one really wild play. That we talked about the DK Metcalf. Yeah, that, I think oh, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the one. Well, obviously, obviously, you know,
0: we can't people. forget, you know, the Hal Murray. Oh, yeah, good. yeah,
1: that's, that is yeah. a really good point. I forgot about that for a second. I think that and the, I guess, DK Metcalf could be the two play plays of the year, uh, certainly the two biggest plays mm-hmm. of the year. It's always fun to look back on the great year that we had. And I know we've said it in these past few videos, but it's really getting towards the end of the stretch here. So, it's been a fantastic season, In uh, a season that, as Tyler said, we did not know what was going to happen, a lot of uncertainties. Shout-out to the NFL again for what they were able to do, getting this situation together. Some teams that had some uh, breakout with, with COVID, they handled it greatly. Uh, the season went completely smoothly. We have one more game to go. Mm-hmm. So shout-out to the NFL. Uh, thank God that we got we got this season because for the three of us, and I'm sure Brand, if Brent was here, he, be the same for him mm-hmm. we love football uh we live and breathe it and without it it would be a boring uh start of the school year i guess oh, yeah and, and run to where we are right now so um it's not over yet but it's been fantastic shout out to the nfl and uh, let's let's get the super bowl coming when it rolls around so, yep. but let's let's continue on with this podcast So we got a one more topic i know what tyler wants to talk about yeah, so there's, I mean, we could talk about draft season later on. I wrote it down in case we have time. But this has been a good podcast so far. So I just wanted to bring up the Watson with the Jets stuff. It seems like he's favoring the Jets right now. First of all, and then the why? Dolphins. Yeah. Exactly. Why?
0: Like I mean, what what makes them so much better than us right now? Like, besides management, like roster-wise.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, even uh, management. He yeah, managed- said how to Adam Gase. Yeah, before. that's true. He said he After wanted he to go a there. a losing season with the Dolphins. He said he wanted to go there because Robert Sala was there now. And you know, he's a he, defensive coach. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> we, we might end up hiring your, his first choice anyway in the enemy. Yeah. We probably will.
1: I, I don't get it either, guys. But I, mean, that's that's what he wants. I mean, I guess if he went there, maybe other free agents would be like, hey, let's go there yeah, like too. Yeah, maybe they could get that sort of thing going. But if you have a chance to go whatever team you want, why would you go to the Jets who were 2-14 and 14 yeah. last year? You're, you're complaining about a 4-12 and 12 team, and you want to go to a 2-14 team. Yeah. Just doesn't make much sense to me. But It'd also rubble. on the other side it of it, sense. this is something also to throw out there. Would the Jets even? Of course, you want to get that quarterback, but with the rebuilding team, let's say they don't have they can't get all those free agents, and um, Watson is out there. But you got to give up two first round picks mm-hmm. at the very least. I yeah. would think to go out and get him for a team that needs to rebuild and. You're probably going to have to get more than just those two first round picks. Oh, it's yeah. it's risky. I know you're getting your quarterback, but we always say you got to build around your quarterback as well. And they don't have much right now. They haven't built around Darnold at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's a better strategy for them to just build around the quarterback they got there. See what they have, and if you know they end out poorly again, eventually get another quarterback. But you got to give Darnold a chance, I think. And I, if I'm the Jets, it's tempting, but from a roster standpoint, you got to realize. If you get Watson, you're missing out on a lot of other players that could help your team. And and I know we haven't seen much from Darnold, but what has he had a chance to show us, really? Yeah. I mean, his line hasn't been good. His receivers haven't been good. His running backs haven't been great. The defense hasn't been very good either. I mean, it's it's been a train wreck the entire time poor Sam Darnold has been there. But I think you just got to build around him and give him a chance. What do you guys think? Well, Ryan, I might be taking the words exactly out of mouth because this is something that you've been pushing and i've jumped on board with is that the jets are not one quarterback away and they're not one player away mm-hmm. from being a probably playoff team let alone a super bowl team there needs to be a long rebuilding or a somewhat long rebuilding process with this team on a lot of different uh, phases of the ball they need more wide receiver they need maybe a bit wide receiver help maybe some line help Uh, Definitely some defensive help, uh, maybe try to get a tight end in there. Uh, So there's a lot of things that this team still needs to work on. And, of course, it's tempting to try to get Deshaun Watson. But as Tyler said, if they get Deshaun Watson, they basically have no draft capital. And so then now with Deshaun Watson, you know you might get five wins in a season and it's still not going to be very good and you just lost some picks from it as well. So uh, I, I do agree with that rationale that they're not in a win-now mode. If you're in a win-now mode, you trade for Deshaun Watson. If you're not in a win-now mode, you don't trade for Deshaun Watson. That's why I think teams like the 49ers could trade for Watson or try to get Stafford during the offseason because they are in this win-now mode where they're able to spend money and maybe some capital to get some guys uh, because their defense is so good. The Jets are nowhere close to being one of those teams, so it just doesn't make sense to me why they would try and get Watson? The Dolphins mm-hmm. makes more sense because yeah. they're like you said, you know, a team There's that's probably just a quarterback, just a quarterback away. Yeah. But they have a good quarterback, and he's in his rookie year. We haven't seen much from Tua Tungvaloa yet. I think he will jump, but it was yeah. it was not uh, what I was hoping to see. To be completely honest, from Tua. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's probably a lot of people's opinions right now. That's Dolphins fans, and I'm sure even players have come out and said it. They have actually, you know, it just hasn't been Ooh. as. As they have, it's anonymous, which is kind of dumb because Yeah, I yeah. saw that too. Uh, but I mean, you shouldn't be t- back talking your quarterback like that just as rookie year in general. But I think for the Dolphins, if you're if you have a chance to get Deshaun Watson to trade away, your rookie that you don't know about yet, and you want the proven commodity, you know that he's going to be part of the trade. I don't see why he wouldn't do it, but and once again, it's just if you you got to be sure that you're. One quarterback. if you get Deshaun Watson, you will be in contention for a Super Bowl, and I think they could be close to that. They got to make some moves in free agency also, but it's another one where I, I go, eh, I don't know, because Tua might end up being good as well, and then just wasted two first round draft picks to, you know, get another quarterback, even though Deshaun Watson has been a whole another level of good, especially compared to Tua so far. Mm-hmm. I don't think for the Texans if Watson really does not want to stay, I don't think that would be a terrible move because. They can get some capital from the Dolphins because they have. They need draft capital. capital. Yeah, that's something as Ryan knows more than a lot of people. That's something that they really need. So I don't think it would be terrible. Now I I could ask you this question, Ryan. I don't think you want Tua to be your your franchise quarterback. Is that what what you like? Would you be okay with that? Not ideally, but if there's a boatload
0: of first round picks and maybe some other players that come in with it, maybe because the Deshaun Watson trade would require just that. And again, if if Watson, you know, like. Has to leave, and he requests a trade, and he wants out. I mean, there's really nothing, not much the Texans could do, because if he's not going to play for your organization, he's he's not going to play. And obviously, of course, I want to see him stay. Uh, you know, that's my preference, as it is, you know, pretty much every Texans fan's preference. But. If he does request a trade, I think the Dolphins could make sense as a poten- potential trade destination because, you know, they went ten and six this year. They have more of an established culture. They have the high draft capital to make it to make uh, a good move, maybe throw two in there as well. I would assume they would if that deal was done. The Texans could just get their pick back. Yeah, essentially. That Dolphins. that's what it would be. And the Dolphins, I think, makes more sense if they, you know, really don't like what they saw from Tua, and they just, you know, really feel that they're an elite quarterback away from Super Bowl contention. Which honestly, who knows? They could be. They've taken a lot of nice steps forward with their young core and with Brian Flores as the coach over the past few years. So I wouldn't think that'd be a horrible move for the Dolphins. But just to take it back to the Jets for a second, like if you're Deshaun Watson and you go to the Jets, odds are you're going to be doing the same thing that you did in Houston, which was carry a, a bad team and you know be the only reason they don't not win a game. So I mean at the end of the day, Watson has the no trade, you know, thing in his contract, no trade clause. No trade clause. He can, he can waive it for whatever team he wants. So he has some leverage there. So we'll see what he does. It's oh, kind of you. what <laughs> it's kind of, um, <laughs> conflicting, you know, like one day you'll see this one day, you'll see this like every day. I feel like my worry level about this Watson about the Watson thing changes. Um, only the Watson yeah. thing. And, uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, only the only the Watson thing it's just some days you know it's really in your head and you're worrying about it but then other days you're like hey let's just take it for what it yeah. is right, right now right now
1: I just say you got to just think back to the good old days with Watson right yeah but now, then, you, then know? you
0: know you see you see one one thing on social media and then your head starts spinning you know what does this mean yeah like, do worry totally like, yeah and, I mean, it can, and we, it can we can see totally...
1: multiple things at this point I think we might we might continue to see more things pop up on social media and more news that you know you're could lead like, towards two. poor things yeah. you know and
0: and yeah, you know that that's not good for for my for my head and my you know mentality i want to get some sleep at night but you know hey i, I can't control this stuff and uh if uh watson gets traded i'll just have to uh you know that's accept that you know yeah
1: all right so that's really where we want to conclude it i think that's a great way to conclude this podcast um what do you guys think yeah yeah walker all right yeah. let's walk out of this podcast right now so uh thank you guys for listening to this podcast make sure to uh, give us a good rating. Go check out our YouTube channel, just the Touchdown Table. We post three times a week. And Grace. we talk about some of the stuff that we talked about in this podcast. Um, so if you want to see us actually talking about it and some other stuff as well, and, and go And I'll, I'll tell out. you right now, you, I think you want to see me. I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> I would say it's a good sight. Now, I think Ryan's at right, too, and Tyler's my twins. So, I mean, I guess it kind of looks like me. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's worth worth your while to take a look at, at what we look like. So.
0: And yeah. you can find Brandon
1: in the archives, too. He's in some videos. so Yeah, you got to oh, go yeah. searching for him if yeah. you want to find him. But he's there. Uh, so thanks again for listening. Go check out our Instagram as well, just the Touchdown Table. Pretty easy to find us on social media. That's all we got to say in this podcast. No cast, no spaces. The Touchdown Table on Instagram. Yeah. That's right. And with that, we will see you guys later. See, see ya. ya.